Hello and welcome back to Swinging at Shins, a Premier League podcast from across the pond. I'm Rhett and I'm joined as always by Aaron. Aaron, how you doing? Tired. <laughs> yeah, me too. Definitely me too. And it's not going to get any better for me. Nope. Both from a soccer standpoint and from a life standpoint, but here we are. Well, no, come on. You can't say that it's not good with a, another baby on the way. We're talking about tired, not not good. Tired. You said it wasn't was your get any word. Better. Your word was yes. Okay. I'm not going to get any more rested. My tiredness is not going to get any better. <laughs> it's going to get worse. I've already done this once. <laughs> All right. Up on the show, we have <clears throat> Emery unlocking Villa's potential. Fulham finally faltering, and I don't think that's going to get any worse with Mitrovic essentially just being out for the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, Palace laying the hurt. Would they be doing this if Patrick Vera was still manager? Uh, Lester hire interim replacement. Someone you know very well. Very well. And a ref elbowed a player. I did not say that backwards. A ref elbowed a player in the face. Straight up. Before we get to that, we're going to talk about that game, which was Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2 at Anfield. I want to know your opinion. Um, it was a good game. My, what I, I don't know. Maybe I did say this. Maybe I didn't say this. But Anfield is a weird climate. It doesn't matter what type of form Liverpool are in, they will always play weird. I mean, they won seven nothing against a Man U that was on fire, and at the end of that match, there they really could have snagged three points. It was. It was. I don't that even close. know if you have to wait for the end of the match to have snagged three points. No, true. However, I think it was. It was very open. I, they had a better second half. Well, for sure. Liverpool definitely had a better second half. For sure. Um, I gotta tell you, it the first forty minutes, it it did look like it was done. I, Arsenal I was, was playing the Arsenal way. You could hear the away fans. Anfield sounded like a library. You thought, that's it. You know, Arsenal have a stranglehold on this game. This is what they've been doing all season. I understand Anfield uh, – not Anfield. Liverpool have been very good at Anfield all season. Yeah. Arsenal has the best away record of anyone at the Prem, which not even – a lot of people, including me, have not been doing a good job of talking about Arsenal's turnaround in away form. Away form used to be what killed Arsenal. And now they're the best, but – it very quickly didn't matter anymore, and Liverpool definitely showed up to play. Yeah, I think right after that Xhaka confrontation with Trent, I believe, at Anfield woke up. It literally scored 30 seconds after that was dissolved. And Yeah, a lot of people are pointing at that, and for me, that was – we were – they were already climbing the mountain at that point. That, that that did not seem like a turning point to me. That seemed like a continuation of how Liverpool had already started to steer the match back into their direction. I was very happy when we got to halftime. I was begging for halftime. Oh, for sure. I bet and I Arsenal. really thought that Arsenal were going to come out at the half mm-hmm. and take the game back over. And that just did not happen. I don't know what Arteta told him at halftime, but. Obviously, something didn't click. I don't. I don't know if it mattered what he told him. I, I think. I think Anfield did get a little bit into the Arsenal players' heads. 
it, it's it's difficult when because again, it, it's not the longest streak that we've had not winning. Arsenal's been very bad away for a long time. Mm-hmm. They they going into last year or two years ago, they hadn't won away at Old Trafford in since 2006. They hadn't won at the bridge in years and years. They hadn't until this year. They hadn't won at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at all. They hadn't won against Tottenham away since 2014. So it's not like this is the only place that they can't win. It's just, man, Liverpool always slapped them. You know, and that's definitely in their heads. It didn't matter how good you were doing. Liverpool was going to slap you. I think that played a part. Yeah. I also think this is – I mean, like you said, this Liverpool side, it's, it's just weird. Yep. I, I don't know how to say it any better than what you said. How sure. do you, you – 7-0. Seven 7-0 nil. Seven nil against Man United. Um, to say nothing of the 9 I don't care. It's two Premier League teams. I don't care if it's Bournemouth. 9-0 is insanity. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal also had a really, really good chance in, I think, the 88th minute to Something win the match. Near it was there. on the break. Yeah. And the pass oh. just wasn't quick enough. Martinelli passed it just wasn't let it a little too quick far. enough. It needed to be a little bit quicker. Uh, and then the the one thing that, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more on the way we'll stand, hopefully. Mm. Um, the one thing that I do, it irks me about Arteta, and I trust Arteta and I love him, but it's like the one thing I would like to see him do differently is I want a little bit quicker on the subs. You, you got to give a guy like Trissard at least 30 minutes. True. You either give him 30 minutes or you don't put him on. But putting him on with 15, it, it, it's got that feeling of too little too late. I'm just trying to think, like, do you want a sub? Because he came off for Gabby? Jesus? Uh, yeah, Jesus. And I would have done exactly that move. 20 minutes earlier. He came on the 80th minute. I would have done it in the 60th. Jesus is coming back from injury, and we need him to be healthy. He's playing an incredibly hard game. I love what Jesus does for us. I do. I have been singing Jesus' praises. I was. It was a true false he gave me a couple weeks ago. Does he slot right back into the team? Yes. <laughs> but I would have loved to see Saka and Martinelli and Trossard, who, by the way, already has a hat trick at Anfield with Brighton this year. So he doesn't. He has none of this juju that the rest of the Arsenal players have. Yeah, I would just love to see the three of them cook for thirty minutes. I think that the, I we I think we really could have brought the game back onto our side. I also will say this: I don't know why Klopp started Jota over Nunez. I would not have done that if Nunez started this match. I think that it's a three-two scoreline. Sell him. He, he, yeah, sell him. <laughs> Please. He always plays well against us. He really, really does. I say always. It's been two matches. But the two matches, he has been like the Nunez that they spent all that money for. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I don't think it was a wrong decision to start Jota. See, does a lot of combination work with the wingers as well. So I don't know. I feel like that's a fine start and that Nunez took advantage of 
the tired legs already. I'm not saying that Nunez is obvious, isn't obviously a stellar player, and that he couldn't have changed the game if he started. But obviously, there's also advantage to being subbed on too. So, yep, and it may have made him look a little bit better. One other thing, and I want to I want to play this off someone instead of bringing it up in the way of us, man. Because as much as I love Brian, he doesn't really know enough about the league yet. I, this is not me making an excuse. Everyone has said that the thing, the reason why Arsenal is going to falter, and again, six points is better than five, and I'm not sure that getting a draw at Anfield is a faltering when City didn't get any points at Anfield this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Arsenal is going to falter, it's going to be because of lack of depth. I'm not making excuses for injuries. I'm not saying, well, you know, it's not fair. I'm not saying that. If we have a 100% healthy William Saliba, or if we have a more refined Kivior, or if we just have anyone other than Rob Holding as our center back, I think we get out of here with three points. And what my, my point is the people who are saying that Arsenal doesn't have the depth – Yes, but I never was that scared about party, especially now that we have Jorginho. I was mm-hmm. never that scared about Xhaka, especially now that we have uh, Emil Smith-Rowback. I have always been scared of if we lose Big Gabby or Saliba, I do not love our backup center backs. And, again, it would have changed the match, but Mo Salah missed a penalty in the 54th minute that Holding gave away. Yep. I. Yeah. You've never been the biggest fan of Rob Holding, and there's an obvious reason for that. He's just too many, he's too a many big games. He's too a many dude. big games he gives up. You know, um, I, I just, and it's not just from a defensive standpoint. I he's, think he, go ahead. He's Cullum Chambers 2.0. Yeah. That's uh, literally who it is. Actually, so. Cullum Chambers is kind of his 2.0 because Holding's been around for longer, but I understand your point exactly. Yeah. I understand your point exactly. He's great. In that nitty gritty, let's just defend. Yeah. But if you put him out there for ninety minutes, he's gonna get exposed against guys like Salah. And last year, Son, he had two yellow cards and was sent off in the basically top four deciding game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't he he gives his all and he's an Arsenal boy through and through, and I love him for that. But we need more center backs. And I don't know if it's just Kivior maturing because he's a very young kid. Um, or it, we probably need to mature him and go get someone else. But if at any point we lose both Saliba and Big Gabby at the same time, Screwed. that we're, we're done. There's, we're done. Tyranny's playing one of the center backs. Holdy's playing the other. And again, the idea was it's okay because we can slot Ben White into a center back role, which is his more natural position anyway. Mm. And Tommy can play on the right. But now Tommy Yossi is out for the rest of the year with a knee injury. And again, I'm not making excuses for injuries, but this is why City can go on the runs that they can because they are just next guy up. And Arsenal is building towards it, but they just don't have that depth yet. And I think you saw it here. Because the other thing is just – Ball handling and ability to quiet everything down. I have the ball. He can decay uh, attacker very quickly and just distribute. And that's something holding just can't do. No, he's floundery with the feet. But this is I, a match that in like the 28th minute when we went up 2 0, 
I was saying, oh my God, three points. We're this is it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Pump in the air. <laughs> and then yeah, no, seriously, I was screaming in the beer garden. It was it was it was pretty packed. Um, yeah, and sure. the Arsenal fans were definitely letting the Liverpool fans know because I bet they would. Uh, and then at the end, it kind of felt like we stole a point, even though they had the goal in the 87th minute. Mm-hmm. In that, not not like not like in the, at the end of game time, it felt like we lost. And now looking back at the game, it's like, you know, we were really lucky to get a point out of that. Yeah, I mean, that game Aaron Ramsdale, really... player of the match by like enormous margin. He stood on his head for a couple of saves. There was, uh, if it was anybody else but Kuyate taking that shot at the end, is it Kunate? Kunate? I believe so. I think it's Kunate. Um, I think that goal goes in, but it, I mean, hey, it falls to the wrong person and Ramsdale does what he does. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, it was a very good match. Um, I think Arsenal is still in a good position. Obviously, they would have been in a better position with three points. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, but the, the whole point of this was title race is shrinking. It is no longer eight points. It is six points. Yep. Um, so this is the way the math works out easily enough. Uh, the goal difference has widened back out to five because City had another 4-1 victory. Halan decided to go off again. Yeah, Holland did his best Kevin DeBrunner compression. Uh, mm-hmm. No, sorry, that was that was against the Byron. But I think that's worth noticing. When he starts assisting people like that, the world is in danger. <laughs> that that's assist a- he had for the second goal against Byron, I was like, no, don't start doing that now. Slot I need another- you to be the selfish, greedy little bitch, all right? I don't need you. No, don't do that. Slot another computer um, chip in. Assists. Not Not hoping for injuries at all. But Kevin DeBroyner came off. It, everyone's saying it's precautionary. Everyone's saying it's just a knock. Everyone's saying don't worry about it. Mm. Uh, but something to keep an eye on. I have no idea if he's been back in training today. But, yeah, I haven't got the slightest clue. Probably too he early. He is him, him. He's the guy that said he should be scared of losing. Oh, Halon misses yeah. a game, and Julian Alvarez just goes, "Okay, I'll score bangers." Cool, I'll you know? step in. Uh, KDB, there's no replacing him. Not no. that they would lose, but. Uh, but here's the way it looks. Arsenal have played 30, have 73 points, a goal difference of 43. City have played 29, have 67 points, a goal difference of 48. If Arsenal went out, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Arsenal can lose one match, and it doesn't matter. If Arsenal lose one match and draw a match, I think they have to draw City. Apart from that, if they draw anyone else and City went out, then we're getting into goal difference, and I don't like that math. No, I'm going to take City all the way on goal difference, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, every, anyone would. Mm-hmm. The fact that Arsenal at one point were within two goals made me very happy. Uh, and, and, again, it can happen. I, 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 the, the way everyone's doing the math um, – we're all assuming City's going to win out. If City wins out, that would be like 15 or 16 straight wins for them, which they've done. It is not impossible, mm-hmm. but this City team has not shown that kind of consistency. They still have Champions League. 
after the first leg showing against Byron, they will still have Champions League almost yep. assuredly after this round. Yep. Um, so, again, possible, but making a big assumption that City just wins everything. They got FA Cup too. Uh, yes, and we keep bringing that up. However, I, the final takes place the week after the Premier League ends, doesn't it? I believe so, but even at that rate, you still have to play April 22nd against Sheffield United. Really? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, they still a, I, is that a semi? I think. Yeah, it must be. Sorry, I saw I saw the four teams left, and I guess my brain just immediately went to it's a Manchester final, and then I thought we were going <laughs> That's my bad. Uh, so yeah, they still have an FA, which again, it's it's more minutes on legs, higher chance of injury, higher chance of whatever. Yeah. Not that I'm hoping for any of that, but it is one of those things where <sighs> nothing is decided. As scary as that is. Uh, Arsenal be... have Chelsea at home. Yep. Chelsea, uh, let's just get Chelsea out of the way, way real quick. Uh, Eric, did they win? Nope. All right, moving on. Sick. We've talked enough about Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea are currently losing 1-0 to Real in the Champions League. Balls. I thought they were I supposed to win 3 nothing. Todd Bowley said 3 nothing. damn it. <laughs> I got a crazy notification. Some troll on Twitter uh, posted that Bayern was – sacking Thomas Tuchel after the whole Mane thing. <laughs> and I, I I bought it. I, I've had I had a rough night and I bought it. Uh oh sorry. I have a score update. They're now losing 2-0 to Real. And that's in the 87th minute. So uh, I think yeah. that's done and dusted. Um also for both the the Chelsea match just got moved back so we'll have a couple more days of rest after the city match. And for both those games, I think we're expecting Saliba back. So hey, that's a big boost. Arsenal's in the right position. Yep. So that's where we are in the title race. Um, let's move up to the other thing. I know you're itching to talk about this. We have to talk about this. Yeah. We are going to ignore the fact that Brighton has two games in hand on them and is only one point behind. Yep. But here, here, here's the table, guys, for people who have only been paying attention to the very top and the very bottom. Arsenal City, pretty big size gap. Newcastle United, Manchester United, three points after that, Hotspur. Six points after that, Austin Villa. Austin Villa. In six. In six, baby. We don't stop winning. Except for that one draw. We go that high. No, I didn't think so either. I was a little I was a little scared at six. I'm so impressed with this core group of this group of people, these players. The coaching staff, the manager, it's it's impressive. I love it. So yeah. to, to give you an idea, uh, Brighton have Chelsea coming up. Um, they have two games in hand yes. on Austin Villa. They're one point behind. Yep. Not to completely burst your bubble. No. Um, but Brighton's probably going to move in front of Austin Villa. Wouldn't doubt it. Liverpool, however, I think of the more interesting team. They only have one match in hand, and they're three points behind. Yeah, you guys are. I mean, you're 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 six right now, but you are essentially seventh, and that is amazing. Yeah, considering it, where you were at one point. What's the it, lowest Villa was at? This seventeenth. Oh my God, that's ten spots. It's eleven that's spots. Now, huge, huge improvement, and it's only going to get better. So, everybody, I talked about this with Brian on uh, the Villa Villa and. For the preview is pretty much everybody is, you know, 
team cohesion is fantastic. Everybody is feeling comfortable. Everybody's getting to a comfortable position with how Ui plays. So that's and this is what at, it, this is what we're seeing. You look at team form: Nottingham Forest two nil, mm-hmm. Leicester two one, Chelsea two nil, Bournemouth three mm-hmm. nil. Yeah, I understand. It may not be the big names, but you still got to put W's. You're winning. You're winning. Yeah. Still got <sighs> very impressive. Yep. Very I impressive. It. I think. I I I um, think they're not going to. They'll probably, if I could see this eighth, that's as low as they're going to go. And there's still a possibility for I, Europe, too. So I think that's true. They're four points up on Brentford. Right now, they're playing a lot better than Brentford is. Yep. Uh, Fulham is not even worth talking about. But we're going to. Liverpool, later. I think Brighton's going to finish ahead of them. I could see that. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be upset about that at all. Third if Brighton doesn't finish ahead of them, I'm going to be a little bit upset. Because Brighton has had such a good season. Yes. And, again, Brighton, I think, right now would be ahead of them if Brighton had played all their matches. Probably. I wouldn't Um, doubt it. But Liverpool, I don't know. I I agree with you. I think eighth is the lowest I go. I really do. I'm not expecting Fulham to do anything. Chelsea's laughable, and everyone else is too far away. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that being the bar. So I mean, compared to, this is what Villa has been promised too. Like back with the D, with the Dean Smiths and the and the Steven Gerrard hiring, we were promised Europe for so many years in a row, and then just never got it. And then we were promised, you know, an identity, never got it. We were promised tacking football, never got it. And it's it's kind of you're as a Villa fan, you're kind of starstruck a little bit. On how well things have finally worked. So, well, and as much as you guys never expected to be in a relegation battle, at one point you were aimless under Steven Gerrard mm-hmm. in 17th. And I. I think if you guys don't go get Yui, or at least if you keep Gerard, and the point swing is incredible, you're probably down where Wolves and Palace are. No doubt. And that that's just to to know where you were a couple months ago or several months ago to where you are now, and to see yep. the name. I mean, you're ahead of Chelsea, you're ahead of Brentford, you're ahead of Liverpool, you're ahead of Brighton. Chef's kiss. And just yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's been – the word I want to use is meteoric, but then my brain's like, no, that falls and doesn't go up. But it's been a meteoric rise because it was like a couple weeks ago that we were talking about, man, I want to start seeing Austin Villa on the first, you know, the top ten. And then now it's like, no, yeah, we're six. And I don't <laughs> I want think to see we're going to end up on the bottom half of that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> No, if you had had Yui all season, it'd be insane to think of where you'd be. Like, uh, since his hiring in November or whatever, I don't remember. Since his no- hiring in November, they've picked up the second most points. Third most points, I'm sorry. Third most points in the league. 
So, I mean, it's again, obviously great coaches. Arsenal, City. Us. Villa. Villa. Uh, Yes. Could you imagine? I mean, when when United we'll and have, Newcastle were going on their run, there's no way you ever thought you'd be within nine points of them. No, kidding me? Jesus, it's spectacular. But we'll <sighs> listen, people, if you want to listen more about Villa, catch me at the Villa Villa. So going back to uh, the Liverpool match, there's something we forgot to talk about. Oh, shite! Yes, we did. Um, Robertson got elbowed in the face. <laughs> that- and it wasn't Jaka. Nope. And it wasn't Party. Absolutely not. It wasn't Ramsdale. I don't think it was a player at all. No, it was a linesman. Oh, it was a I linesman. don't know what the hell happened. I he looked very angry, the linesman. Now I I would probably be angry with Robertson yelling in my face all the time too. But I, I wouldn't be elbowing a player? Never mind. I got Robertson <laughs> mixed up with uh Henderson. Oh, wait. Robertson is Scottish, isn't he? Yes. I wouldn't understand him then. <laughs> Henderson is English. Yes. Robertson is Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, the guy has been, has he been let go? I know he's no. been suspended. He's been suspended. Uh, he is under investigation and he is not allowed to ref matches until this is uh until the investigation is complete but i mean realistically the guy should get canned there's no way he should what are you gonna investigate i I don't know like the video you have like 13 different camera angles none of it it wasn't defensive no you know it's like the whole zanadine zadon thing right we're gonna do an investigation but one guy clearly headbutted the other guy (laughs) I guess the investigation could go, hey, what did he say to you? Did it merit uh, a reaction like that? Well, the investigation could be if Robertson also gets suspended. Sure. Sure. But, but still, no, what think- can you say? That in, in 2023, when we have all these rules in place that we're supposed to follow, what can you say to someone that merits elbowing in the face when you're in a position of power over you know I, what I mean? It's yeah. one of those things like you would never – again, we're going back to umpires in baseball. You would never expect an umpire to punch a manager in the face because he could just be like, you have to leave now. Yeah. Like, blah, blah. and they the refs have the exact same thing. It happens It happens in the uh, the Marco Silva thing in the FA Cup when he threw the ball at the fourth and the fourth ref went over to the uh, – Fourth official went over to the head ref and said, "Hey, red card him, please." Okay, sure. You know, like it, I there's no there's nothing you can say with the power dynamics in play. Yep. That you deserve an elbow. In the heat of the moment, two guys running after a ball. I, I'm not condoning it, but I can understand it a bit more. Yeah. A ref can never do this, nor should a player ever be able to do this to a ref. Sure. So I guess like. If is it any different than Mitrovic pushing the ref? Then, like I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, um, since the ref elbowed him and that Mitrovic got eight game ban, but the ref elbowed Robertson, does he get canned or does he get suspended? 
for a certain amount of time. I would like, argue that it the, is different. It's different enough because Mitrovic you're the pushed law. him, but he didn't try to like. Yeah, this was clearly a right. Yeah, that it was clearly a. It, it was it's meant to do harm. It was, it was a meant, yes. That, that's a good way of putting it. It's a strike as opposed to a push in a pushing kind of an Oscar you kind of way. Yeah. Um. Now we can get into the whole argument of the players are the product that you're selling and the roughs are not. So players will always have more protection. Sure. Um, I think the other thing is until and someone put, there needs to be a 15 yard safe zone for the referee and you can only come in and say, no, again, just the captains can talk to the refs. Mm-hmm. You cannot get out, go up to the ref unless you're the captain. That's, and if you do, you get yellow card. If you yep. just start doing that, all these problems go away. I also do think it's different because players have been crowding referees, and it's something that referees have not been doing a good enough job. <clears throat> have the window open. It's windy. The referees <laughs> have not been doing a good enough job at policing, even though they have the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. A ref – there has been no buildup to a ref – elbowing a player and as much as i say that yes these things should be taken inside a vacuum inside a vacuum he should be suspended and maybe and probably can't or at least sent to a lower league for a while and outside of a vacuum there's been no build-up to this the whole mitrovich thing had a build-up they've been finding teams sure until you start going after the guys on the field with yellow cards, which leads to suspensions if you accumulate too much, or possible red cards if you get another one, until you start going after them. The the amount that they find Arsenal in total is like chump change to a team like Arsenal. That's what I'm saying. Like if you start that's what I said the last time. If you start fighting the players, they might care. Yeah. So I just I, you, I think- you have you have all of these things in place. Just use it. Just use it. Just start yellow carding people. Yeah. Start Just finding start the players. It. Start. If they bump you, start pulling out reds. If they crowd you and stop you from where you're trying to walk, start pulling out yellows. Yep. They're going to get it real quick. And it's going to be a little bit, well, that's not fair. You didn't do that last time. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes we screw up. Fuck around and find out. But we didn't call that <laughs> Matoma penalty even though we should have. And next time, I really hope to God they call that penalty. Even if it's Harry Kane getting his foot stamped on, I don't know how you missed that. Oh, the most recent match against in to- with Tottenham? Yeah, which, by the way, the PGMOL sent an apology to Brighton oh, saying, good. oh, I'm we screwed st- up. That should have been a pen. How hard? like, yes, the sun also rises in the east. I don't know. That was such a terrible call. Also, the, there was another terrible call in that match as well where – is it McAllister took a deflection? It took a deflection off of Danny Welbeck's shot, and McAllister's hand was up against his body, deflected against his arm, went in the goal. They overturned it because yeah. it hit his hand. Yeah. But it's Brighton like were my really, body, really where, How can I? Do you want me to put it under my jersey? Like, you tell me to keep it close to my body. Where can I? Where else can I put it at this point? You want to shove it up? The my arm butt? has like, to be somewhere. 
Right. The so arm has to be somewhere. It, it was going to take a deflection no matter what, whether his arm was there or not. It was going to hit his chest and take a, a deflection. But the the knock should be that Loris should have saved it, even though it took that deflection because he, he did end up. Well, Matoma it. was also hard done again with the off the shoulder. He played it off the shoulder. That one too. And they oh called my it God. a handball. Yeah, that one's like more armpit area. And I'm like, you're telling you're telling fans, you're telling players where they can rightfully, you know, handle a ball. And it was in that area where he could rightfully handle the ball. And they still gave him a no call uh, a no goal on that. They called it a handball. I mean, it, it says the arms the arm commences at the bottom of the armpit, which most of the time, especially when they're drawn lines for offsides, it's essentially where your jersey, jersey. ends. Yeah, is where they do it, and he played it right here. Yeah, and I just it, as a defender, I didn't like it. I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. That's definitely <laughs> the arm. But then you look at the rules, and you're like, eh, it's not. I mean, this game very easily could have been four or two Brighton. Yeah, I, I totally understand why Deserby got a red card. Actually, I really don't, but he's fired. He I don't is, think this is his first cagey. Uh, I don't think so either. He's a cagey. He's kind of the – he's like a player's coach, player's manager, I feel like. He's very much uh, – for, for defending you if you need to be defended, but also, you know, if you need to be – worked on and, and criticized he'll also do that too yeah i would i would play for deserby i'd run through walls for deserby i probably would i probably would um going back to let's just follow him real quick uh i, I don't want to i don't want to talk too much about him because in this crazy season, one thing is constant, and Fulham just did not have enough on the tank to continue the run. Everyone was kind of saying it. Yeah. I also think it's the fault of Mitrovic here at this point. And they didn't have, like, also enough in the tank. They don't have another quality striker to replace, and this is where it's showing. They're still playing well in the midfield they have they've been having decent defensive ma- defensive matches it's just they're not scoring they're having a hard time scoring and you know when you lose a player they, they also, puts in 20 goals yeah and they they also haven't had a match that I've had any kind of I've been impressed with in coming up on two months I would agree with that they on had, February 18th they beat Brighton one now that might have been well. Who scored that one? Was that uh, Solomon? Very good memory. Yes. Yeah. That After was- that, one-one draw to Wolves, a two-nil lead win at Craven Cottage against Leeds in the FA Cup. Three-two mm-hmm. uh, loss to Brentford. That exhibition against Arsenal that they lost three-nil. Three-one loss to United in the FA Cup. Yep. This is where everything we're talking about happened. The Mitrovic red card, the Silva red card. Yeah. But again, as much as I'm saying that the whole Jaka fight, not fight, but alter, 
They yelled at each other. No one would. If it wasn't Xhaka, it wouldn't have fired up anybody. Seriously. If it was anyone else, everyone would have been like, oh, yay, we're fighting. But because it's Xhaka and it's Xhaka's history, everyone went after him. Do you want to focus Um, Troussard? I think Troussard is the other player. Maybe. But I don't think Troussard, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, Not talking about that match. We're talking about (laughs) the whole Silva Mitrovic. Uh, William was actually the guy who got the red card that started the whole thing. Yeah. That yep. whole, that just felt, it feels like a continuation down. It does not feel like the inciting moment. It feels like a symptom of the fact that they were already starting on this downward trend. Then after that, a 2-1 loss of Bournemouth. Yep. And then a 1-0 loss at home to West Ham. Yeah. It, it is just, they have, hmm. Peter and in out. a very big way, they never really deserved to be as high as they were. They Probably definitely really. deserve to be in the top half of the table compared to how other teams have been playing. For sure. But the Fulham that was in like sixth and seventh for a while. So you know that, I guess. Yeah, called their bluff. A little bit, yeah. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens on Saturday going Ooh. away to Goodenson Park. Everton are not a great team, but I have a feeling that Steve Bruce at Goodenson – Teams have been struggling at Goodenson. I'm sorry. Who? No. Yep. My bad. The, the Cabbage we're Man? A minute. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Sean Dyche. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, looking at this list, I don't know where Fulham's next win is. I, don't, I haven't pulled it up. Southampton and me. They have a way to Everton, home to Leeds. Could win that one. Could. Yeah. Uh, Leeds, I think. Uh, 50-50. Uh, if it was at Ellen Road, probably. Yeah. If it was at Ellen Road, I would probably be – I would be more leaning towards Leeds, definitely. Yeah. It's like Grandpa Cottage. So. Uh, so it, but if they don't win at Leeds, then they are at Villa Park. Yep. Good luck. And then they have City at home. Good luck. Then away to Anfield. Good luck. Then home to Leicester. There's a possibility. But that's May 8th. And then after that, away to Southampton. <clears throat> I think my money would be on Southampton. And then they end the season at Old Trafford. That is a rough end of the season. Yeah. I think they pick up like six points. For, yeah. the, rest of the, for the rest of the year. I could up, I'll say six to ten. That's probably where they'll land. Yeah, okay. I just got a true false, too. You're welcome. All right, uh, moving on. Palace. Palace. Starting to play very well. Yes, they are. Um, 5-1 it ended up being? Yes. Just a moment. 5-1 four, four. against Leeds? Yep, 5-1. Um, they went down, t- I think. Weren't they down, too? Yep, they were down. They were down going into the half, and then <clears throat> in the second half, they were they were one uh, one in the half. Oh, it was one one. Mark he was hit that yes, forty five plus one. Yep. So it was one one at the half, and then IU and Eze just like almost back to back within yep. ten minutes of the second half starting, and then at that point it was it was kind of all over. Yep. Um, here's my question to you, sir. Hit me. Would Palace still be doing this? If Fierro was manager, or do you think Roy Hodgson is doing this much? I think 
I think both managers would be doing exactly what's happening right now. So yes, I think Patrick Vieira would be winning games. It is a softer portion of their schedule where he had, where Vieira had a very difficult part. However, I also think Roy Hodgins also kind of brings some nostalgia factor back into Crystal Palace. So the fans are a little more behind it. They're not as dreary watching the games. You know, obviously fans help boost. I don't care what a player says. You can hear your fans. I think some nostalgia helped boost a little bit, and that's kind of what we're seeing. And I know this this wasn't at Selhurst Park. This was at Ellen Road, but still – the nostalgia factor, being able to have um, a little bit of fresh air, I think, is what's happening. New manager bounces are a thing. Yeah, for some coaches, um, for some managers. There's a lot. There's a lot of argument that it is as much a return to the mean as it is an actual new manager bounce. Um, at this point, I think they're. I think. I think they would have beaten this Leeds team. Probably. I think the fact that they beat this Leeds team by four uh, was pretty outstanding. Might be the Hodgson bounce part. But the thing is, at this point, I mean, I don't know. The goals could matter. They could. Uh, yeah, uh, the goals could matter, depending. Are they in a positive now? Or no, they're probably no, still in the negative. No, God, no. They're <laughs> negative 11. Wolves at negative 18. West Ham at negative 12. Uh, Bournemouth and negative a gazillion. <laughs> Leeds at negative 15. Yeah. Leeds was at negative 11. Now they're negative 15. Huh. Uh, Everton, negative 20. Nottingham Forest, negative 30. Leicester, negative 12. Southampton, negative 27. Mm. So of all the teams in the quote-unquote relegation battle, yep. they now have the best goal difference. Here's so this is what I was looking up while you were talking. Opta posted something where it was the each team's fixture for the remaining matches, and I don't know when they posted this, so I think it was maybe three April 1st, so the beginning of the month. Um, at the bottom, at the easier part, with I don't understand what the Opta's average power rankings of remaining opponent, which is the bottom, yeah, but. Crystal Palace is the easiest run. Yeah, at 82.5%, whatever that means. <clears throat> so they're like seven of their nine remaining matches now. Well, now it's, I think, six of eight are against relegation marshmallows. I mean, you know, teams in the relegation battle. Yeah, yeah. So not only do they have the easiest run, they also control their destiny. Sure. I, I never. Palace kind of got sucked into this. You know how a uh, rising tide lifts all boats? This is kind of like a, you know, sinking tide kind of dropped them, and they were I, – I never fancied them for relegation. I didn't think so either. I think, unfortunately – like, yeah, exactly. They just got – They're in the relegation battle. That's true. They're six points ahead of relegation. However, they're also 12th, and they have the easiest run, and I just – I don't see them – of all the teams that are going to fail to get points, I do not see them being one of the teams. I also think they have the better, one of the better quality teams in this oh, yeah. eight. Um, I think the other one would be probably West Ham, 
and Leicester City having close quality. Uh, apart from Leicester City, I think we're seeing a little bit of this is kind of like I, I I expected West Ham to be top half of the table. Not not higher than you know tenth. Yeah. But and yeah. Palace, Wolves, West Ham. If you take Leicester out of that, we're starting to see a little bit of the cream of the relegation battle of rising to those yeah. teams have the better squads. Uh-huh. Right now, those teams have, I think, so Vieira was a good coach. Uh, we know how I feel about Lopetegui. And as much as David Moyes has egg on his face because he failed to be the heir apparent to, you know, only Sir Alex Ferguson, who no one can, for, I mean, City has been, no one could do that. And He's right now, even ETH hasn't done that. Yeah. Um, I think Moyes is a better manager than people give him credit for. I do not think he's a great manager, but I don't think he's a bad one. So they all have decent managers. Leicester just went and got themselves a decent manager. Would you agree? Uh, as long as you tell me it's Dean Smith and not Steve Bruce. Yeah. Oops. Because <laughs> if it was that cabbage head, I'm definitely saying no. But it's Dean Smith, so. Uh, uh, I don't Dean Smith, and I think most importantly, bringing along his absolute favorite assistant coach. Craig Shakespeare. John Terry. Oh, right, that guy. Oh, <laughs> oh, to be fair, that was the year when they went and had like 14 shutouts. They had 14 clean sheets that year. I am not – I think I think John Terry, as much as he is not my favorite person – has handled the coaching side of his career very intelligently. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that dude's got uh, a championship job lined up somewhere, I'm sure, after this stint. This was this is a good opportunity for Dean to recover his name, too. Uh, he kind of flunked at Norwich. He did have a job there first at the beginning of the season. Um, and they, they did not exceed their experience their expectations this year. So, I mean, for him to get another job in the Premier League, good for him. And I hope – See how long it lasts. For eight games at least. <laughs> I find it interesting how much they – Lester seemed to be on the Jesse Marsh train and then how quickly they got off it. That happened twice to him. I was so strange because it happened to uh, Southampton too. They were like, yeah, we're, we're in close – uh, contact with Jesse Marsh. I wonder if it's Jesse Marsh's camp. His agents talking it up, making uh, it, it sound be. like more of a thing than it actually is. Could be. That's smart on his agents' part, then. Is it? Because now yes. you look like the guy who failed two job interviews. Well, you look like the guy who got fired and then failed two more job interviews. It could also be that they didn't like him because he's American. So it's Biased. Yeah, I'm not going to play that train. No, though. okay. All right, fine. That's fine. Again, I, I still think Jesse Marsh has got a job somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be he's a bad, Yeah, I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think that, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to steal this one real quick, and we're already 48 minutes in, and I got some stuff I got to get to today. So we're going to jump right into True False. Oh, fudge. <laughs> okay. Dean Smith. 
want that. It's not Sean Dyche. Dean not Smith. Nice. Yeah. Gets Lester out of a relegation spot. True. I'm not even going to let you finish that. Again, they have good quality. I think they have better quality than Nottingham Forest. I think that – hold on. Let me see what uh, – they have a pretty easy schedule as far as what Opta decides to say. Uh, there's, I just think that as long as they, their problem is, is they're not scoring goals. They're not, they need to get either Pats and Daka, Harvey Barnes, who I think has picked up a knock, or uh, Jamie Vardy, Madison, scoring goals. Because it hasn't been them getting letting in goals they've been letting in maybe two but i mean their goal difference is the best of everyone around them right easily. they have less than half you know they, they've well so and here's the thing you say that they haven't been letting in goals oh they did have I, did i have egg on my face 52 goals against yeah the team with the highest amount of goals against is Nottingham with 54. Uh, Bournemouth with 57. Yeah, but I don't count the Liverpool match. I'm just kidding. You're right. I missed, I missed Bournemouth. <laughs> my point is, that's five, that's five away, and if you take that Liverpool match and make it 3-0 instead of 9-0, then, then it's then, still there. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the difference is they've scored 40. So it feels like they're not scoring enough, but they've scored 40. Nottingham Forest and Southampton have only scored 24. So they need to see out games and matches. Yeah. And and I I remember it, it was October, early November, somewhere around there. I um but they, they had a match, I think it was against Wolves. They handled them 3-1, 4-1. Oh, yeah. uh, and I thought, finally, they figured it out. The Slusker yeah. team was going to do it. And now here we are, 30 matches played, 25 points. They're lucky that there are so many teams that are bad or they would be left behind. Yeah. I mean, so is Southampton, who still has a shot at getting out of this. It's kind of like the reverse of how they won the champion how they won the Premier League essentially. Everyone was doing bad that less than what they expected. Yeah. And yeah. they happened to do more than what they expected. Now they're doing less than what they're expecting, but everybody around them is also doing less than what they're expected. I just I <sighs> any it's other tough. season, if so one team has twenty five points after thirty matches and have let in fifty plus goals, you go, okay. That guy's gone. See you later. I see you in two years, but I'm not seeing you next year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, have you thought of a true false for me? Yeah. Um, so, true or false? Stanelli? Yeah. Stellini. Tottenham? Stellini? <laughs> uh, he will take over as the head coach. Oh, false. For. Tottenham. False. I actually kind of like him. I yes, and that's one of the reasons why he won't. <laughs> because Dan Levy thinks that they need to play like the big boys. Yeah. See, and he doesn't like I, I don't get it. That that's not what the you're not gonna win that way. 
so I was having this conversation in my head, and I feel like they're they actually shouldn't go out and get a high profile coach. I want to like is would you consider Eric Ten Hag a hope? high-profile coach? Because that's about the level where I'm thinking. Yes, yes, because everyone always freaks out about Dutch coaches that perform on the Dutch League, and I don't know why. Well, he also did a good job in Champions League, too, so. Yes, he did. But if I remember correctly, he was manager of Ajax. When Ajax had all those stellar generation. Oh, they were so good. Like like when Monaco did so well for so long. And it's like, well, yeah, you had Thomas Lamar in his prime and Kylian Mbappe and like all these guys. Thomas Partey. Um, Now, I think Ten Hag's a good coach. But the question is what I consider him a high profile coach. And when Man United went out and got him. The thought that ran through my head, and maybe this is because I'm an American fan and not a proper European fan, but the thought that ran through my head was they're not trying to go get the big name. They're trying to go get the right guy. And so, yes, I think that they need to go. They need to go get someone like that. They need to actually figure out. Of course, their director of football is now in jail. That's or true. suspended or whatever. I don't really know what I happened. I don't think he's that. actually in the t- on the team anymore. I, I think I think Tottenham's biggest problem was that might actually work better for him. Yeah, I think it will. I, I their biggest problem was player acquisition. Everyone said they won the transfer market. And now this is this is before United just decided to drop a ton of money and get Casemiro and all that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously no one at that point realized that Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus were going to go off like they did mm-hmm. and all these different things happened. <clears throat> they did a lot of transfers that on paper looked good, but the, the bones of that squad are not good. No. Kind of rotty. Uh, they're obviously not bad. I'm saying this. They sit fifth. Mm-hmm. But they're the, the bones are not where they want to be in – Going to get a high-profile manager is not going to be the solution. They need to go get – you know what I'm scared of? I'm scared that they go get Graham Potter and actually give him the time and the I had that. I had that thought where – same kind of ideal where it was like, uh, could Potter actually be the guy that could turn that team around? Like, they're not really – again, they're not really terrible. They're not – they don't need to be turned around, but they need to breed a type of – winning to be the level that they are claiming to be yes they need to be turned around especially now because you have the aging squad okay dyer's too old um you can still play someone around kane but he is getting older um women's song is just having a really bad season and i don't know why and i'm not saying it's age uh you need to get rid of richarlison yeah. While he's still worth any money. Yeah. Um, Kulusevsky, I think, is. He's a winger. Yeah, <laughs> he's a winger. I'm trying to remember age. 28? Uh, Larice is 36. 30. Yeah, he's old. Um, he definitely Dyer looks. Is, 
Dyer's 29 playing like 30. Like 30. Yeah, he looks like a 32-year-old. You know, uh, Emerson Royale is not the guy that you wanted. I was screwing it up. It's not Kulisevsky. I was trying to think of Perisic, who is only 34. You need a lot of turnover. You need a lot of turnover. As much as we talk about a manager, this is a you. This is a personnel issue. This is not a manager issue. Conte didn't win anything, and that's not entirely his fault. Yep, is the point I'm trying to make. Um, so no, I don't think it's Stellani because I think Stellani might be the right idea, and I don't think they're smart enough to do that. <laughs> However, it could be because I don't know who takes that job right now. That job feels like the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. It is cursed. It just, you will not win. And the other thing is, this is something I don't know, but the rumblings are just that Daniel Levy can't leave it alone. He keeps messing with stuff. He tries to be the puppet master behind the curtain. Yeah. I don't okay. know if that's true. I'm sitting in upstate New York. I'm not in London. I don't know. Sure. But. Conte left pissed. Mourinho left pissed. Mourinho got he got canned a week before a final. Yeah, you, that that's not good terms. That is not good term. Now I understand Mourinho can rub anyone the wrong way, and Conte speaks in that I'm just an Italian saying it the way it is, and really I'm an arrogant bastard kind of way. Uh, but I don't know. I think I think Potch. And if you can't get Potch, I think they go after someone who's already been in the Prem who has name recognition because that's what they care about. So I could see a Potter. I could see I, – I I would bet that they would take Jesse Marsh before they took Stalin. That would be my guess. Oh, I, I don't like that for Marsh. <laughs> I just don't Either. like it. Either. I don't like it. I'm just saying <laughs> that's where I would expect it to go. Oh, All right. Man. Uh here is my next one for you. Sure. Palace on the up. We've been talking about how easy their season is. Mm-hmm. Fulham on the down. We've been talking about how tough their run of games are. Fulham have a game in hand, and they are six points ahead. However, Palace will finish higher than Fulham. Uh it's not out of their own possibilities. I think that's the true. I think yeah, that's, that's because fine. again, like they have this track history too. Palace does where they always finish out the season so well. And I don't know if it's scheduling like the last three years, they finish out the season spectacularly. And it's not, it's always the first half of the season. They seem to struggle with. So I think this yeah, is actually going to be true. I think, and I think that's more of the truth. I don't think that they – I mean, yes, they finish out the season spectacularly, but it looks spectacular based, in, of, based on how they start, and they just start bad. Yeah. I think that's more the truth. They just start really bad, and they're not as bad of a team as they look when they start. Yeah. So then when you get to the end of the season and they can actually turn it on, they look a little bit better. Um, Palace have Southampton away, Everton at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home, Tottenham away. Bournemouth at home, Fulham away, Nottingham Forest at home. I mean, to make we you you just said they think you just said that you thought Fulham would get six points from that run of the games. Yeah, that sounds like a lot more than twelve points for Palace, and they would need twelve points to overtake Fulham. Yeah, okay. I think I, it's true. 
I, I agree. That's why I said true. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. True or false? Uh, Chelsea will finish no higher than 11th. And did I say that wrong? I did say that wrong. They will finish lower than 11th. Lower than 11th. Lower than 11th. That's... Mm. I want it to be true, but it's false. I don't know. Man. They're gonna finish. They're gonna finish above Fulham. They don't have any reason to play, and that's why I say it. Like, there's they got nothing. What they got reasons to play? No, they don't. They, everyone has a reason to play, whether it's to have a starting spot at Chelsea next year or to look good to have some team come and say, "I want that guy." Fine, players have a reason to play, but that team does have does not have anything going for them. See, for them, you said they'll finish lower than 11th. Lower than 11th. still dropping. Correct. One more. Here's my argument. They are – Fulham have a game in hand, but they're level on points and pretty much level on goal difference with Fulham. And I think think they're just going to outperform Fulham. Here's why. And I don't think Wolves is going to be high enough to jump both of them. They're all fur coat and no trousers, man. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> they, can't they can't score. 30 points, they can't 30 points score. they have 39. That is true. They have, to put this in to put this in consideration, they have 11 less goals than the team that you said had a problem scoring. What? Yeah, they have 29 goals. Leicester have 40. Oh. Arsenal Maddening. have 72 goals. City have 75. Yeah. Newcastle have 48. United have 44. A team that also feels like it never scores. It's funny how this works. Yeah. Tottenham have 55. Gee. Chelsea. Here's my last one, by the way. Yeah. I'm going with false. I understand your arguments. I want it to be true. I'm going with false. Fair enough. Chelsea finish with less goals. Than Erling Holland. It's true. It's gonna be true. Chelsea well, have twenty nine goals. We've been talking about it. Erling Holland right now has thirty, and he uh, has. If it's gonna matter that much, he has everything to play for. No oh god, yeah. So. Uh, I'm just looking over the their next their schedule, and it's Brighton. Man, uh, Man United shuffled in there somewhere. Brentford, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Forest, City, Newcastle. I'm gonna say I really actually think that's true. Yeah. It, it. I don't have any other reason to believe that Juan's not gonna stop scoring. He did score three or four against Forest. Yep. They have Forest and Bournemouth. This that's Chelsea. Oh. City have um, – um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. City of Leicester, uh, they have Arsenal, Fulham, West Ham, Leeds, and Everton. Hold on. I got another thing. Chelsea and Brentford. Yeah. I, I think it's true. I think it's going to be true. I think it's yep. going to be hilarious. And, yeah, right. Can't, can't wait for that to actually happen. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a third one. I did okay. not think of anything off the top of my no, head. No, that's good. We're at 105 minutes, so I think yeah. we can call it there. Yep. 
Um, so if you are still listening, thank you very much for listening. We are Swinging at Shins. You can find us on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on all those wonderful places. If you want to hear more about Arsenal, ID the Way West Stand on our parent channel, Wiki Good Sports. You can also find them on all the places I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Aaron does the Villa Villa. Um, at any moment, Brian is going to be filling in for me for an indeterminate amount of time because my wife is 38 weeks pregnant. So if a guy who looks kind of like me but not quite as handsome is sitting to Aaron's left and doesn't know as much about soccer as I do, that's Brian. So extended Villa Villa. (laughs) Well, that or that or this this podcast is gonna get really short too. It's gonna be a half hour. An hour. If you if you if you guys are curious, just look at the run times. If it's like an hour five, an hour ten, an hour five, an hour fifteen. 38 minutes. You know when I had the kid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you, everybody. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Links for anything that you could be interested in, whether it's the YouTube channel, our podcast links, our social media links, everything's in the description below. Thank you very much for listening.